Hello and welcome to Reactive's Yellow Room. I am Evikiori and this week we are talking about the document that was signed by the leaders of 16 far-right parties across the European Union asking for a deep reform of the Union in order to preserve its heritage. What is this new coalition bringing to the EU's door? Why is it important? And could it have an impact on the upcoming national elections in several EU countries? We are also talking about the new cool kit on the EU's block, the new vaccine coming from France. Pharma giant Sanofi has started phase three clinical trials for its COVID-19 vaccine and is expected to begin rolling it out in December. What is different with this vaccine and what can we expect? Now, the leaders of right-wing parties have signed a document asking for reform of the EU. To shed some light on this story, I am joined today by Georgi Gotev, Euroactive's senior editor. So, Georgi, who are these leaders and what are they asking for exactly? The document is signed by Viktor Orban, uh, that's Swedish-Hungary, uh, uh, Marine Le Pen, uh, Rassemblement National uh, France, uh, Jaroslav Kaczynski, uh, that's uh, Law and Order Poland, Uh, Matteo Salvini, Lega Italy, uh, Giorgia Meloni, uh, Brothers of Italy, uh, Santiago Abascal, uh, Vox uh, Spain, and several other uh, right-wing uh, parties. Uh, uh, most of them have only one or two uh, MEPs from Bulgaria, Austria, Belgium, Denmark, uh, Estonia, Finland, Greece, uh, Netherlands, Lithuania, and uh, Romania. The leaders of the far-right parties that signed the document see this movement as a response to the debate on the future of Europe. And according to them, in that future, the traditions of the European nations cannot be absent. They take position against uh, what they call attempts to create a European superstate, uh, which is, according to them, a manifestation of dangerous and invasive uh, social engineering. Uh, they denounce uh, what they call the moralistic uh, overactivity of the EU institutions, which according to them has resulted in a dangerous tendency to impose an ideological monopoly. Uh, they also point out that uh, the aim of their cooperation is a profound reform of the European Union through the return to the ideas of the sovereign role of European nations. They also appear to take aim at the EU institutions uh, such as the uh, Commission and the European Court of Justice, which have put pressure on Poland and Hungary on uh, issues ranging from subjugating the judiciary to stigmatizing the LGBT uh, community. And instead, uh, they uh, would like uh, national constitutional courts to take precedence over the EU uh, institutions. And last but not least, uh, they plead for family values. And why is this movement important? What does it mean in practice? And do we have any reactions so far, either from the Commission or the Parliament? The movement is important, yes. And yes, uh, there are reactions, uh, especially from uh, the socialist SND group. Uh, uh, they reacted uh, immediately the same day. At present, uh, the Eurosceptic and far-right parties uh, are part of two separate political um, groups in the European Parliament, uh, the ECR group, uh, European Conservatives and Reformists, 
and the ID group, uh, Identity and Democracy. These groups uh, are rather modest. They rank uh, number four and number five at present. We know that the largest group is the EPP with 177 MEPs. Uh, the SND has 147. The third is the Centrist Renew with 98. Then come uh, ID with 76 and ECR with 61. But if you uh, take jointly uh, those two groups, uh, plus uh, uh, 13 MEPs from Hungary's Fides, who are still unaffiliated, such a potential group would have uh, as many as 150 MEPs, making it the second largest in, in the European Parliament. You know, such a powerful force, hypothetical, uh, would hold a significant sway over uh, the European Parliament agenda in, you know, the capacity of tabling uh, motions for resolutions or amendments to reports, uh, being given speaking time for its leaders at the beginning of the debates, uh, rather at the end. So, uh, yes, uh, this is why I, I think that uh, this could be uh, an important move. Mm -hmm. And is there anything that we need to take into consideration in terms of future elections? Because Germany is having elections soon and, and France too. So what do we need to know regarding this coalition? Uh, it's true that before the European elections in uh, 2024, we, we will have uh, this year's uh, uh, elections in Germany and uh, next year's elections, uh, presidential elections in France. Uh, national elections are key uh, for the far-right parties and uh, the presidential election in France uh, is one uh, that they favor because this is the election where Le Pen has directly challenged excessive uh, French presidents. However, uh, the recent local election in France uh, was rather disastrous uh, for uh, Marine Le Pen's uh, Rassemblement National. And uh, the presence of Marine Le Pen at the second round of the presidential election is possible, but not uh, guaranteed. While in Germany, uh, AFD, Alternative for Germany, uh, which, by the way, are not signatories of this letter. I don't know why. They have an approval rate which is rather stable at 10%, which is not very much compared to uh, 30% for CDU-CSU and 20% for the Greens. So, yes, national elections are important, but they look uh, difficult for the far-right forces in the two countries we consider the engine of the European Union. So we cannot say that this movement will boost the right-wing parties. Is there a chance that it will create better conditions for them for the upcoming elections? In general, uh, Europe's uh, far-right parties uh, have a lot in common, uh, but this also includes uh, a natural aversion towards working together. Take Italy, uh, for example. Uh, the far-right uh, brothers of Italy are currently in the ECR, uh, and until now, uh, they were fighting against uh, uh, their Italian uh, rivals, uh, Lega. Uh, they didn't want them to, to join ECR, and this is why Salvini's party joined uh, ID uh, instead. Or uh, take the Belgian Vlaams Belang, uh, it's a Flemish separatist force, and uh, uh, take, uh, on the other hand, Vox, the far-right uh, Spanish force, which is strongly opposed to separatism. 
their differences, but they have something in common, and uh, that's uh, the common enemy, and the common enemy is, of course, the European Union. Uh, however, in uh, European politics, uh, it takes a combination of uh, power apparatus, uh, patience, and time to achieve uh, the minimum integration needed to push forward a common agenda. And I don't think that the 16 signatories of the letter are equipped for anything like that. And if the Eurosceptic and far-right forces join forces to push forward their Eurosceptic uh, uh, nationalist and homophobic agenda, it makes sense that they would launch a new group. But whether this is a likely outcome is another question, and personally I doubt You're listening to Euractiv's Yellow Room. And if you want to expand your knowledge on other EU policy fields, you can listen to our Digital Brief podcast and AgriFood Brief podcast. You can find them on your favorite podcasting app. And now we're moving on a different topic and we're going to Paris. So there is a new vaccine coming. And from what I read on Euractiv.com, it really sounds like it's the new cool kid on the EU's blog. So to find more about it, I spoke with Mathieu Pollet from Euractive France. So Mathieu, what is the story with this new vaccine? Yes, indeed, a new cool kid in the block. So Sanofi has just announced this week their vaccine should be ready by December and they are about to start the phase three trials. And I can tell you that it is such a great relief for French authorities because they have been hoping up and down with impatience for a French vaccine to enter the stage. Actually, Sanofi's first vaccine candidate had turned out to be a failure, and it had caused quite a storm in France and had led to question the research strategy here. So what we know is that phase three trials will be conducted on 35,000 volunteers, and that phase two trials showed uh, high antibody responses in all adult age groups. So, so far, so good. Mm -hmm. And why is this vaccine different from anything else that is already circulating out there? The vaccine uses recombinant proteins to trigger an immune response. This method has been proven for years, and here I'm using Sanofi's French chairman Olivier Bogio's words. He was the one who bordered the good news on the French radio this week. Pfizer and Moderna, unlike Sanofi, uh, are using the mRNA technology. It basically teaches the body to make harmless pieces of COVID, which then triggers the production of antibodies. This method, as, as opposed to Sanofi, then is quite new at such a scale. And do you know if it has been approved by the European Medicines Agency or is this like an upcoming move? We're not there yet, uh, but given that the Sanofi's technology has been used in many other vaccines before, um, the EMA should probably greenlight it quickly after Sanofi asks for it. Well, obviously, if the phase three results are good. Mm -hmm. Why is France coming up with a new vaccine? And is it worth coming up with a new vaccine now? Especially because, you know, a group of the population has already been vaccinated. Well, I believe it will be worth on many levels, actually. Uh, you have to know first that only 37% of the French population is fully vaccinated as of today. And vaccination numbers are stagnating uh, as we speak. So considering we are yet to arrive to herd immunity, and far from it, actually, the, the new vaccine could be the key to convincing the many French people who are still reluctant to get themselves vaccinated. Because it's French, but maybe more, more importantly, because it uses a well-known technology. 
which may comfort the very part of the French population which is worried it is being experimented upon. And also Sanofi and the French authorities are, are, are confident it will come handy for boosters doses. Um, according to the French industry ministry, Sanofi's laboratory is already working on them and they have excellent results. And here I quote, perhaps more promising than the um, mRNA vaccine boosters. So it's definitely worth coming up with a new vaccine, especially because it is different than the ones that are on the market already. And do you think there is a plan to distribute the Sanofi vaccine to other EU countries? We're not there yet, but I think, yeah, the, the vaccine will prove super useful to help other EU countries getting vaccinated. The Sanofi vaccine can be kept under easier condition than the Pfizer, for instance, which will come handy for many, many other, other countries. Well, thank you, Mathieu, for joining me today. And our time is up for this week. I am Evi Chiori and this was Euractiv's Yellow Room. We will be back on your feed next week. Until then, visit Euractiv.com for the latest news and don't forget to listen to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you for listening and until next time. Music